Uh, I guess I have to do the intro now. Yeah. Hmm. We still call him this like... <laughs> never seen it. Never seen it? Sci-fi. I don't know. Reflective look at uh, media and whatnot. Yeah. Cue music. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess we could, uh, we're going to have to edit this. But I was like, do we could... But uh, I'm super excited because this is the culmination of the last couple yeah. of movie, not even reviews, like movie yeah. looks, whatever you want to call yeah. it, uh, stuff that we've been doing. Mm-hmm. And um, this one's on Interstellar, which we built up to doing 2001 and Contact before that, which was like the first one we did. Mm. Um, so we're finally getting to it. Um, I guess I'll be taking the helm a little bit on this one. Yeah. Uh, but this is Magnolia House. But I was like, we could... I never thought about doing some talk, then getting into the intro. I think we could play it by A lot of podcasts do that. It's it's nice. Um, I hope we do this one justice, though, because it is approaching midnight. And I've had a little bit of whiskey. This is a different different format. So first time we're doing this at night, Mm -hmm. uh, we literally just watched the the rest of the movie today. um, But started it last night because this is how life is right now but i mean we've both seen it before and we've talked about it a bunch and we've kind of primed the conversation a little bit i think the last couple we've watched together which i don't know how that's how you feel about us watching the movies together well i always feel like we're wasting the juice but it's it's always fun yes it's fun but also i don't think it necessarily wastes the juice because i i I probably am going to want to bring up the same topics anyway right some of the plot i think as we walk through through it it'll be kind of the same but i I do hold back sometimes when I want to say something when I'm watching it. Yeah. And I don't say it. Yeah. And but do, time, you re- do you remember what you're going to need to say? I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. but you sometimes say what I'm thinking. Oh, really? <laughs> I always stuff. feel bad for people who watch movies with me. Because oh, really? I You do talk I don't shut the fuck movies. up. I know. And I That's know some it's... people. I don't know. I don't really care. Yeah. Unless like, I don't know. I guess I haven't watched a lot of movies with people the first time yeah. around. I tend to just watch them. I can't... I don't think there's any situation in life where I can sit for two hours and not say anything. And that might be an issue of some kind. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's an issue. Yeah. I mean, unless it's like, it's your thoughts you're running away from. Yeah. Maybe. Well, I think it's also, a, we're getting real deep here. It might be a compulsory thing where I just have to always be saying what's on my mind. And well, that's I think, not I mean, some people, their personality is just like, they, they process things out loud, right? Yeah, that's and, definitely yeah, me. Right. I and, process things out loud and through conversation. Sure, yes. Yeah. And I say the same i literally walk through a conversation in my head yeah. before i say anything out loud oh i don't have the mental faculties for I that just, yeah, i just i can't do i that. have to vet everything yeah and then because i just i've been scarred of like this is my this is kind of my life so we can get to the movie but <laughs> like my kind of experience in life is seeing everybody kind of like be social and do things yeah. and be spontaneous and fun and then i'm like i'm gonna join in on this i'm gonna give my two cents and uh, then fucking like put it out put there and then the just nobody responds Crickets. yeah and it's just like this is why i keep to myself <laughs> you know uh, but i i just do want to say that the the episode i just watched that you uh. recorded about isabella house was great uh, um, thank you super stoked that yeah. it's going to be out there and it was i've listened to it twice already oh appreciate it so, oh yeah. that's cool yeah. yeah i was really happy with yeah. that episode. that's the like i was telling you earlier that's the first thing i've been proud of of myself in that's awesome probably years that's a mental straight up like psych- probably psychological mile marker yeah that i yeah. feel good about this yeah 
for me, those don't last very long. Then I yeah. feel like I have failed the next thing, but yeah, and it's good to have That's those. probably coming. It's good to look, <laughs> but it's good. That's why, yeah. that's why I love doing art though, is because what you make exists out there yeah. and you can come back to it. Yeah. You can like feel like, oh yeah, there was a point when I was doing and something. And I was, great. I was hesitant and I, and I didn't obviously, uh, but I might still, uh, when I release the episode and send the, uh, to Neil, the, the link to it, that episode was so good and because she was so great she was great yeah it gave me all of the confidence in the world to do more oh yeah like i feel so much more confident moving forward with more special guests because of how that one went and i i i owe a lot of it to her because she sure. was so knowledgeable but she was a great guest and, and so personable guests, you know the yeah. guests can make or break it too i feel like yeah so yeah. i still want to start these out for people who maybe haven't seen it, yeah, of doing a very doing short a um, summary, and I think we should practice doing a really short. Sure, summary. I was just gonna a say really super we should summary. try to do. Did um, you realize our first one was two hours long? Yeah, I didn't. Content. I didn't notice that one until I looked at our. It was. Our, I yeah no, and it, it is honestly not very, <laughs> not very listenable. <laughs> I tried. I've not listened to the whole thing through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and it, but that was a it was it was a rambly conversation. Yeah, it was a first too. Sure. Yeah. So I think. We're figuring out the format, but yeah. the and my summary that time was terrible. Oh, I'll, I don't I'll get that probably added yeah. twenty minutes to the to the podcast. Yeah. but I'm gonna try and do a super short summary of okay. Interstellar. Yeah, and like just bare nuts and bolts, and then we can get to how we. I discovered that nobody knows what happens in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I thought I did. <laughs> I genuinely no, I thought think I you did. You probably understand all these points. So basically, yeah. uh -huh. Interstellar takes place in the future when the mm -hmm. world has kind of collapsed due to food shortage, right? So as a result of climate change, right? Uh, I think it's as a result of climate change and human habits and huh. this wasting of resources and the overpopulation yeah. of the earth. I think it's probably a lot. I think it's kind of ambiguous to what specifically. I totally thought it. it was just straight up climate change. Maybe, but they always talk about how it's our, well, I guess climate change is our fault too. But yeah. um, whatever happened, basically the generation that now is, you know, adult who's, you know, Matthew McConaughey's character, Cooper, mm -hmm. um, is an adult. Um, they li They know the world before, but have fallen into this, they call it a caretaker generation where it's all about kind of being more modest in society and just growing food and making sure yeah. we can survive. Till Son we can make a great farmer. Again. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the world's kind of fallen into disrepair. Cooper, the main character played by Matthew McConaughey, used to be an engineer and a space pilot. And for NASA, husband of Jodie Foster. Like. Yes. In Tony's fantasy <laughs> movie that he splices every single sci-fi movie together, he, there's a lot more going on. <laughs> um, but so he's kind of bitter about the fact that he's now just a farmer in the world. Yeah. Um, and ends up through mysterious means of these weird happenstances in his house, these weird anomalies in his house, stumbles upon this secret NASA ex exploration experiment yeah. to basically... Um, either move people off the planet or repopulate another planet. Mm -hmm. And um, when he stumbles upon it, they recruit him to um, be the pilot for the mission. Um, and, you know, he reluctantly leaves because his family's still on Earth. Which, but... again, sounds fishy to me because it doesn't make any... But they do say they chose you, right? Sure. When yeah. Because get... I was like, well, how would, how would he stumble on it? And they're like, how did you get here? And then they're like, 
actually, we want you to pilot this expensive fucking last chance for humanity thing. It's like, well, that seems a little flippant for them to choose him. A lot happens in the movie that pick. seems pretty constructed. Yeah. But um, when you're going through it, it's, yeah, he stumbles upon it. They take this kind of sign from their yeah. messengers. There's like this weird, those anomalies at his house kind of mm. are this weird message that have been interpreted by the secret NASA people as yeah. messages into space. And they find out there's basically someone trying to help them get to other galaxies. Mm-hmm. Um, so much, pilots, much like Contact. Much back, like Contact. Back, and is... yeah, in 2001 A Space Odyssey, there is a wormhole out by Saturn yeah. that he pilots the craft through. And there have already been people that sent out to scope out the possible planets. Mm-hmm. So he's on the mission to go to the planets that have pinged them back saying, you know, these are habitable planets. That was right by Saturn too? Or was that it was Jupiter? by Saturn. In the movie 2001, we can talk about this later, mm-hmm. but in the movie 2001, the wormhole is by Jupiter. In the book, it's by Saturn. Okay. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, uh, so they go through the wormhole to to one galaxy that has three possible planets, and they're all trying to save resources to see which one is there. And they have plan A, which is um, get people off the planet to the yeah. new planets, or plan B, which is send embryos to set up a new human colony. Yeah. Um, first planet. Which also, fun unknown fact. Every sperm sample that was they had on ship was supplied by Mark Wahlberg. Every what? single one. <laughs> because that's the new master race. Yeah, that's the new master a race. A thousand year right. A, a bunch of Mark, of Mark Wahlbergs. Okay. Is that the world you want to live in? <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love Mark Wahlberg. There'd be some great so. movies on that world. But uh, so the, the galaxy they go to orbits this black hole, which causes a lot of time dilation yeah. stuff, a lot Just of relativity issues. Part. First planet they go to, water world, where time passes um, much slower, relatively speaking. So an hour there is seven hours back. Um, they seven find years? Seven years, sorry. An hour there yeah. is seven years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, outside the time dilation. The black hole. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Um, they find out that the person landed there, sent the message back, and then got killed by a yeah. wave that happened in a weird time sequence, very re- recent to that person's yeah. experience. Um, one of their crew members dies. They go back and then decide which planet to try next, end up going toward um, the man who was leading the mission, um, who ends up having have lied about the yeah. fact that he, Fuck you, Matt Damon. That, that he found a habitable planet in order to save his own life. Yeah. He messes it up, tries to take the ship, destroys their space station. Um, Matthew McConaughey has to recover the space station and um, can no longer return to Earth, even though they find out already that basically there is no hope of getting anybody off of Earth. This is mm-hmm. basically just a colony mission at this point. Um, and they didn't know that when they left. And Matthew McConaughey um, sacrifices himself to send the ship and with Anne Hathaway's character, I forget her name, Amelia, um, mm-hmm. spiraling off the black hole to the third planet in hopes of setting up the colony there. Yeah. Uh, but then he finds out when he's in the black hole that whoever people sent them the message save him um, and to, use him as a way to send the message to his daughter. Hum- yeah. Yeah. To ultimately save humanity. To save the yeah. human race. The, yeah. the human race on Earth. Yeah. Um, and then he ends up in this weird space where his daughter is now way older because he's gone through all these weird relativity, mm-hmm. time dilation, Which is, wormhole stuff. Also, it's interesting because both plan A and B did work out. In the end, yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess we don't know about plan B. But uh, but, but, but it was a habitable it, it, planet because in he, the end... She had her helmet off. Yeah. yeah. In the end, uh, when his daughter is super old and dies... Yeah, she says go. She says go to find yeah. Brand, yeah. who is the woman who yeah. went and stepped in the planet. Um, so, 
There. Yeah. How about you just say, since I did the summary, uh -huh. your initial reaction to the movie, we, yeah. and we watched it again together, and yeah. you had a lot of questions that about what happened I... what was going on <laughs> during the whole movie. Well, I a, think... a lot happens. This is an yeah. epic movie that happens in, like, there's basically, like, three pretty intense scenes. Which are... Them. The, I mean, obviously, the wormhole. Apart, apart from the whole setup, which is Tesseract. pretty awesome. Yeah, there's the, there's the water planet, which is, like... Yeah. And, you you know, it's pretty devastating when he yeah. comes back. They didn't, they didn't expect to be down there very long. He's desperate yeah. to get back to his yeah. daughter. So when he finds out 23 years has passed since they went on that planet for a few hours. He's just wrecked. He's, it's just like, he's like, oh shit. Like it's like. He's yeah. like, you just ruined yeah. the most important part of my life, which was watching my kids grow up. Yeah. Like the most important thing totally. in my life. Yeah, he gets back and watches yeah. 23 years worth of messages. Yeah, And that I thought it was interesting how it was obviously a clear cut choice that they could have had the camera on the messages, the kids saying the message, but mm. they had it on him. Oh yeah, and oh, his, gosh, the yeah. intensity of his face and just breaking down. Yeah. Like you could see, I missed all of this. He realizes it pretty soon. His yeah. his son is still the same age when he's like, <coughs> I'm yeah. missing out on their yeah. life. Yeah, <coughs> and not only that, how fucking jacked would it be? Is like, I just left a couple days ago. Right. Well, I, mean, I just, I, I, were, I don't, I don't know what the sleep. Oh, okay. Yeah. They, yeah. I mean, it had been months, but also sure, even but mentally you're asleep. So to yeah. you, it feels like a couple yeah. days ago, but even if it was six months, eight months, a year, I just saw my kids. I just saw them. Yeah. And now they're my age. Yep. They're all grown up. They've lived the most important fundamental parts of their lives. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, yeah, I think it's fuck. worth mentioning too that his daughter really resents the fact that he left. Yeah. That was a big yeah. thing because he was like... And the goodbye was so hard. He was trying to save the world, but also always thought he was going to be able to come back. Yeah. Um, and that and, goes back to yeah. Matt Damon's line where he's like, I always thought I was going to be ready for death when it came. But to be honest, I never truly even considered right. the fact, the idea that this planet wasn't the one. Yeah. You he, know? Yeah. Which is... Yeah. I mean, but I get yeah. that because sure. me, it's, I, I, it's like life. Yeah. It's like you don't like, you know, sure. It's possible. I end up a failure destitute, yeah. but like, you don't imagine that's you like that happens. And I know it could happen. I don't imagine like, that that's my exact scenario. When I, th when I think about my life, like that's not going to happen to me. Right. Or even, yeah. even, even just yeah. like, you know, someone close to you dying really young or anything yeah. like any, any big life yeah. devastating event. Like, Kobe. Sure. Oh my. Yeah. 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 You know? That's, yeah. That was, I think, on a countrywide basis. Like nobody was... thinks about, yeah, like that was, like, of course you knew he could have died, right? Yeah. But it's like you didn't think, yeah. like, yeah. extremely healthy person, you yeah. know? Yeah. Wealthy, which yeah. isn't but an important accident, factor. Freak accident. But yeah. It's yeah. just, a again, like for Matt Damon, roll the dice of he just assumed that he, being the leader of the expedition and being, like, the good yeah. guy, like, he, like he was going to get the planet that yeah. they could come to, and yeah. he freaks the fuck out. But also how... Do you remember back when I'm derailing again, but when they were talking about the Mars missions, we're going to send people to Mars. It's a one-way trip. Also, they'll only be able to survive for like a couple months. It's like, how fucking stupid of an idea is that? Like, just wait a few years till we're advanced enough. Like, you're really going to sign your sure. life away for a couple months, a couple months on a planet. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't. Know. I wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do it? No, fuck no. Huh. Which begs another know. question, which is going to be derailed. But we're, we're, I'm going to ask a question, then we're just going to go back, okay. back to it. I had this idea the other day. Oh. I was actually driving to the studio. I was like, if you could be granted 
all of the knowledge of the universe, mm -hmm. but you only had like six months to live after that, would you do it? All of your questions answered. What is the universe? Where did it come from? Is there a God? What is the meaning to everything? Hmm. But you only had like six months to live. After this that. is like the Faustian bargain type thing. What is that? Like, would you give up? Would you give up your soul for like oh, for transcendent knowledge yeah. in some way? Oh, um, I, yeah. I mean, I think it's everybody's call, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I personally, what are you asking me? Personally, yeah. I would. Yeah. Um, I don't think so because yeah. I'm I'm the cliche. The journey is the destination yeah. type. Yeah. yeah. You know. And ups and downs, I'm like, kind of, as much as I would love to know. But there are the so but, many unanswered questions. But I also, I my personal philosophy is that these big questions are, we, in a way, we are the ones creating the answers. It's a very creative mm -hmm. yeah. effort. Yeah. And it's done through this kind of hive mind creative, yeah. you know, like, you know, like any major question we have about life and consciousness mm -hmm. is one that we would have to figure out yeah and maybe we have to figure it out because <laughs> we don't know the answers but um. it makes me wonder what douglas adams intention was behind making the answer 42 was it like you're never gonna know so chill and just it's for fuck it's fucking 42 i i, no, I mean i think honestly <laughs> what I, I mean not to like read too much into it but mm -hmm. i would say what the, the point is is that the answer isn't the answer yeah, it's the... You need to know the question. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we don't have the right... Because it's like, yeah, the deep thought, the computer's like, yeah. yep, I, run it, I ran it several times. It, <laughs> yeah, it, it yeah. was 42. 42. It would have been easier if you gave me the question, but like, it was 42. But it's like, yeah. uh... <laughs> that, you know, okay, that would be a great series to run through. It would that's, be. It's so fucking... I honest, so much to there it. Is, there is a very real... In, like, in terms of like the, the like real meat of like any sort of piece of art is like that, that I think holds a mirror up to the world oh, because yeah. it's like real life is absurd. Yeah. Like yeah. you, you, I mean, we just, we've been watching Nathan for you a little bit when you come over, <laughs> yeah. like the people that exist in this world, yeah. it is, it baffles oh, me. They the, are... the way people think sometimes baffles me, but, yeah. but just the fact that the world <laughs> creates such absurd things yeah. at all is just yeah. like, yeah. I think it, there's some there's some truth to the fact that he jabs so much at the yeah. universe. You yeah, know? I don't know. That guy is such a comedic genius and it's such a deep thinker. Yeah. And I was listening to him. He was like, well, why did I pick 42? And he's like, well, I had to pick a number that sounded funny. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so he's just like 42. <laughs> Six times seven. Uh, and he was like, yeah. I, c I couldn't pick an odd number because that already sounds inherently weird. And he was like, <laughs> he was coming up with all these reasons why he had to pick the number 42. It's just, uh, yeah. so funny. Um, but yeah, what, anyway. so what's what's your... What's your like most interesting thing you think that Interstellar brings up beyond uh, the fact that it's obviously like a really epically like amazing yeah. visual cinematic movie. yeah the like, obviously movie. the soundtrack is so memorable that score it's, is yeah. it really like yeah. hits hits I guess I it know. does deserve the title score not soundtrack cuz it's well, yeah, so yeah, epic sure, sure. I mean <laughs> <laughs> this isn't fucking garden state just kidding I fucking love you Zach Braff and garden state well that, i mean that was amazing. a movie that like the soundtrack was yeah. such a big part yeah. of it yeah yeah but yeah um the for me the most interesting it will always be the time dilation okay because when i think that's of, a real it's a real thing yeah it's it's a real thing in our real universe that is something that 
if we had no advancement in science, we would have no knowledge of, we would think, yeah, time is time. It, right. It's the same for everything, same everywhere. no matter where you go. But it, I always get this, when I think of time dilation, I get this mental image of a universe full of individually wound clocks, all moving at different, ticking at different speeds. And someone like, right, all in different areas of the universe. And when you go into one, you dip into that time speed. And that's just fucking weird because that also, and I'm a fucking Neanderthal, so I don't know if I'm even conceptualizing this the right way. You could almost imagine if on one portion, in one area, there's this race that's living their whole existence, right? Mm -hmm. And to them, all of time goes by. And then these, this group over here lives their whole thing. Right. And all of their existence happens in this blip. Mm -hmm. And to them, it feels like this long millions of years. And to us, we see it go and it just happens. And then it blinks out like it never existed. Right. And it's like, that's, that's so fucking trippy. Time is, time is relative in that respect. I mean, time is even relative to years. Like the fact that, you know, going to church for an hour seems so long and playing yeah. video games for an hour seems so short. Yeah. That is an experience of time yeah. that is like, it's not empirically different because mm-hmm. we measure time very like objectively, but like subjectively, yes, the time is different in yeah. those two things. Yeah. Like and the fact that we experience time going more quickly as we age is a very yeah. real experience that yeah. has no objective correlation. Yeah. I feel like I don't know. Maybe, maybe and does, I don't I even, don't cause I don't think that's necessarily the same as physical time dilation. No, it's that, like a and conceptual that's where, thing, and that's where, right? Yeah, and that's where fi- and like physics, physically, yeah. it is. It, it, there is a change um, when it comes to time being different and different. Yeah. Uh, even levels of gravitation. I think even on Earth, um, like you know, even a foot, there is a me- yeah, there is a measurable, measurable difference. Yeah. Well, that's why they this say foot of space. Tyson loves to throw this around. He's like, without Einstein's relativity, we, relativity, we wouldn't have GPS, because he says right. the satellites are in space; they're a right. measurable distance away. If we didn't factor that in, your GPS would be always m- off, super off. Because the time matter. is different up yeah. there. It, the time so, is just different, which is fucking weird. And. I don't know, I'm not a physicist, and mm-hmm. or I don't even know what field this is, but um, in my understanding of space-time, um, it's we think of it as, as space is a constant, more or less, and time as stretching. In this, in this respect, when we're talking about it, mm-hmm. so we say, like, closer to Earth, time moves faster. Oh, well, you're saying the physical. But, but gravity actually warps, no, mass, large mass, warp space-time creating gravity yeah so, so is it the trampoline effect yeah you put a bowling ball and so it goes right but it's like it's the fact that space is actually so think about it you can think about it i think inversely again maybe mm-hmm. i'm butchering this like there's a ball moving through space mm-hmm. um but closer to a large mass it'll space, fall faster space is stretching out uh-huh maybe i'm saying this wrong mm-hmm. if it, it but it keeps the same velocity but it's traveling over yeah, that's right. Because closer, so when they're on the planet, so uh-huh. in interstellar, when they're so on, hard, <laughs> when they when they're in interstellar, <laughs> when they're on the water planet, yeah, time for them is moving more slowly. Yes, correct, right? Yeah, because one hour to them is seven years. Yeah. outside of the pull, the gravity pull. So, 
That's because there's a large gravitational stretching of space mm -hmm. and by the black hole. So what's happening is, let's say there's an object moving at a constant speed, mm -hmm. but space is being stretched out. So what a foot here is like this long, oh. and then space here is stretched out, so a foot is actually is, this long. Oh. But it's the same speed moving through both of them. That is so... But it takes, it takes a shorter time to move through this foot, but since this space is stretched, it yeah. takes a longer time to move through this foot. That's a really... So it's actually space. You can look at it again. And it's the same amount of space, right? Well, you can look at it in two ways. So you can look at it the same amount of space and the time is different, or you can look or at you can it look at same amount of time and the space, space is, is different. different. And okay. that's where space time kind of collides <laughs> in a weird way. And again, like, this is I'm, not, I'm, not the, I'm not the yeah. person to, to yeah. quote on any of this stuff, but that's my understanding yeah. of how that works. This is super weird. We're, us talking about this is giving me flashbacks to like second grade. I used to be super intrigued by Einstein. So I would get mm -hmm. like all of his books at like a really young age. And I remember trying to understand this in like second grade and it just didn't make any sense to me. But he gave the clear example of, I think his famous example is like two astronaut twins. And if one mm -hmm. stayed on Earth yep. and yep. the other went to space, he would be a different age when he came back. Right. And I never fully understood that till I got older. Oh, I don't fully understand it now, but I right. never. But that's, that's a harder close. example because it's like the stretching and bending of space doesn't really account for how you age necessarily. Yeah. Right? Well, it's, I think he was talking about the astronaut brother mm -hmm. was going closer to the speed of light. Right. And so his speed was affecting his aging. I've also heard it. Just like, what um, the fuck, man? I've also heard another example. We're in a fucking simulation. None of this makes sense. <laughs> I've also heard another example, and maybe this is way too much the science part for this yeah. movie. But the movie is very scientific, yeah. to be honest. Even though the grass Tyson says this is a very, like, sound, yeah. scientifically movie. Um, another example I've heard is, say there's a train that's accelerating toward the speed of light. Uh -huh. So, like... It's going faster and faster until it reaches the speed of light, which is basically the speed limit in the universe yeah. as far as we can understand it. So let's say there's a train moving forward, and then somebody is running forward on the train. right? When they're at the speed of light? When they're already. approaching the speed of light. Oh, okay. So like when they're getting close oh. to the speed of light, someone's running, right? So if you take the uh, velocity of the train plus the velocity of them running... Uh -huh. Um, that person can never go faster than the speed of light, right? Yeah. So as the train speeds up, they have to be slowing down. Even though they're Otherwise, moving. they would break that limit. Yeah. Right? Because if they were running, you know, if Usain Bolt was running yeah. on a train. Well, even let's just push that all the way. Okay. Let's say they're already going the speed of light. Okay. Then that person isn't moving at all. That. Because if they were moving, if they were moving at all on a train going the speed of light, they would necessarily be moving faster than the speed of light. So once they reach the speed of light, oh no, I'm saying no let's moving. say they're riding the light beam, right? Let's say the light, let's say it's like a little brick and it's moving the speed of light. Okay, and then they start running. Right. There's they're not moving at all. They couldn't. I mean, at least, at least oh. I think at least in terms of the yeah. way we understand it, because they can't be moving faster than the speed of light. So there's no way they can be. Yeah their velocity could be greater than what they're on, which is why from the perspective of something moving at the speed of light, time does not pass. Yeah. Right. Which, which is what we were discussing during the yeah. movie, which is from a photon's perspective, which is also, it is absorbed. I wish Neil it is absorbed the second it is released. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's absorbed this literally the, or the, the from its, from its instance, it, yeah. from its perspective, that's yeah. subjective time, not, which is what we were talking about, right. which is, 
from the Big Bang, a, a photon will be released. And to us, it'll take 7 billion years to reach us or whatever it right. is. But from its perspective, it just bleep, blipped into existence. Right. And th that's my question that I would love to ask somebody who would never talk to me because they're too smart. But <laughs> my question is... Will so, you go on a date with me? <laughs> <laughs> that's my problem what, right now. What does it mean from that light's perspective uh -huh. that it doesn't like what does it mean for its existence that mm -hmm. it is emitted at one point and absorbed from its perspective at the exact same point instantaneously in time. what is what is happening before and after like yeah does it experience time like does it, yeah. it is, is it being emitted and absorbed and then becomes yeah. like i don't know how does time affect does that, that mean afterwards? it's in all places at once. You know, is light God? I've I've had this <laughs> I've had this crazy idea when I when I like I read uh Brian you know Brian Cox he's like the he's the is popular it? scientist from England he's like oh this, yeah he's like yeah, this rock he's, star yeah, he's yeah literally yeah. this rock star yeah, scientist because yeah. he, he plays he in a play band music, too. Yeah. Um, I read his book on quantum physics when I was trying to at least kind of understand yeah. and it's made to for very you know people yeah. who don't understand anything to understand. Yeah. Um, he talks about photons and that kind of thing uh or maybe it's electrons anyway he also talks about how a uh what's it called anti like antimatter yeah is basically um the, the opposite i don't even know what the word is for it basically if an anti-proton and a proton collide mm -hmm. right they nullify out, each other yeah blink out of existence yeah but also in the opposite Thing, out of nothing, an anti-proton and a proton can be created seemingly oh, yeah. out of nothing. But I think so if do they you follow, exist in this? But if you follow the math, you could also see a proton moving forward, and then if it switches its matter state, it could be it could also be that proton moving backward through time. The anti-proton is just a proton moving backward through time, right? And if and if photons, so if it collides with itself, but no, it doesn't. I'm just saying, like, it, something happens at that moment, mm -hmm. and like. So you can look at it as this proton is moving forward through time, mm -hmm. right? And then something happens, it switches into an anti-proton, yeah. and it starts moving backward in time. But from our perspective of time, uh -huh. there is an anti-proton and a proton that are moving both forward in time that touch and then blink mm -hmm. out of existence. Oh. But if you don't have time... If you don't have time, if you're not restricted by our flow of time, yeah. you can see it as maybe a proton moving forward and then backward in time. Yeah. Oh. Maybe. I don't know. God, that's... Um, I don't know. Again, that's, that's... a little over my head. Yeah, that's yeah. and that's something I think I made up out of whatever science fiction <laughs> part of my brain exists. But this has me thinking, you said speaking to somebody who's too smart to talk to you, mm -hmm. I actually think we could get some physics professors, local ones. I think that's Would not... Would be interesting, though? I think... It's always interesting when you get... I have qualms with scientific people sometimes. I, I think it's interesting when you get a couple dum-dums with a smart guy and be like, could you, like, you know, just, like, asking ridiculous questions that sure. they might have the answer to. But, I mean, in Interstellar, I the, the characters of Matthew McConaughey, Cooper, and Amelia, who are both scientists, are very interesting because they're very complex, you know. Yeah. Um, but they do say things at points... Yeah, one used to be married to Batman. Even the, <laughs> even the small thing... Like uh, when they're talking about ghosts mm -hmm. and, you know, him and their family, like, oh, ghosts aren't real. That you can't scientifically prove them, you know, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. I mean, in the movie, in the course of the movie, they prove how ghosts are real. A version, in, in a some, version of yeah, ghosts. Yeah, in some way. Real, yeah. But that whole idea of just like, 
if science doesn't have an answer for it, it's not real. Yeah. That's the kind of thing I just like, mm. I can't, yeah. because there's so much in the world that we don't understand mm-hmm. that like, why would you just but I mean, write it off because it doesn't fit inside the schema that you have. Yeah. Even though I'm very interested in science and it's yeah. very fascinating to me. But I'm sure yeah. we could find somebody who's not so Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I guess, I, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I think um, that's very true, but. But yeah, um, at this point, you know, one worry I have is that and I, this is probably irrational, but running out of, and we've only had two guests, so it's not going to happen for a long time, but running out of interesting people locally to talk to. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, back to Interstellar and the things we found most interesting about it. I mean, the, the time dilation was definitely yeah. numero uno. So when I was ta- when I first watched this movie, you know, I was just fascinated by kind of this, the epic sci-fi nature of it and all the time dilation stuff and Mm -hmm. just the kind of for me it was like the uh him being the god or like the ghost and then the godlike nature of the alien slash possibly future human beings um but clementine brought up this really interesting point my partner clementine um like when she first watched it she her main comment was that um how why are people so focused on creating human civilizations somewhere else. That was kind of like her main, like, why is that such a thing for some people? Which it really exists now, you know, and even now people are trying to Wait, but colonize in this Mars. case it was the, they were ensuring we don't go extinct. Right, yeah, so Michael Caine's character, Dar- Professor Brand or whatever, yeah. um, he's the one that Alfred kind Pennyworth. of- Yeah, he was the one that uh, is kind of pioneering this whole mission mm-hmm. to like either save humanity or- But did she have problems with that? She feels like she has if the, it's our time it's, it's our time honestly it's yeah it's a very it's a very millennial i think um frame of mind and you, you see it a lot in mm-hmm. other movies too um yeah in one example i'll bring up is uh you've seen cabin in the woods yeah okay the main it's character a weird movie the main character well not even the main character the stoner guy yeah who i think is kind of the main character yeah to me. yeah um he has this he, Shaggy, he if, if you watch it he ha- he espouses this view from the very beginning that humans had a run at it. We kind of fucked it up. Yeah. Someone else should get a turn. Uh, that's kind of his philosophy. And he kind of says it the whole way through. And if you, and at the end, that's what happens yeah. is they had this opportunity to like assuage the, the gods mm-hmm. and like save humanity. And they choose not to. Um, I think that is a very like live feeling out uh, there, but because they had to sacrifice themselves, right? Yes. To save. Yeah. That was a pretty selfish decision. Because sure. you're going to die anyway, stupid. Yes, but again, the, the idea is, and, and the idea with this whole colonization thing is that we couldn't even get Earth right. Oh. <laughs> we had yeah. a long time to figure this out. Yeah. We still have a chance That's to figure it out. That's another Neil deGrasse Tyson thing where it's yeah. like, you're going to try to go All and terraform a planet. If you can fucking terraform another planet, fix, fix this Earth. One. Fix yeah. Earth. Right. Like, yeah. 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 That's and a if great we can't even get, If we can't yeah. get this right... Why do we have this obsession with like yeah. doing it again somewhere yeah. else? Also, how shitty of a human race are, or of a race are we that it's last call? The world's gonna end. Mm-hmm. Can we at least stop fighting? And I know the armies were disbanded and all that stuff, but mm-hmm. you're telling me with a hundred percent of Earth's resources, we can't figure something out. Everything we have, we can't say, okay, this well, is clearly going to wipe out all of us. Maybe we should put all our chips in one basket. So Matt Damon talks about the survival instinct mm-hmm. and how, and even the whole plan A, plan B thing in the movie. Like Michael Caine's character, Professor Brand says, 
we we would never have tried to put all our resources uh, into colonizing a new planet if we didn't think there was a possibility we could save ourselves. Yeah. yeah. And Matt Damon's character is the epitome of that. Yeah. In that he sacrifices almost the whole mission to save yeah. just himself because yeah. he couldn't yeah. survive. Wow. Anyway, when I was talking to Clementine, she That's brought that up. Though. I hadn't I hadn't really thought about that part of the of the movie. Um, it is how that kind of brought that up. And then it made me think of this, um, these kind of two perspectives, um, you know, Cooper, Matthew McConaughey's character on one hand and, and Michael Caine's character, Professor Brand on the other Mm -hmm. in that Professor Brand wants more than anything to save the human race. And he takes on all the guilt of knowing that he's basically leaving the world to die Mm -hmm. in order to save the human race. And then Matthew McConaughey's character who wouldn't give a shit about that if he couldn't save his daughter. Yeah. Right. And like, he is like just fighting to live his life with the people he cares about and would never have gone on the mission to save humanity if it meant leaving, if he knew it meant leaving his daughter. Right. But then watching it this time, it also made me think of the fact that Matt Damon's character, uh, Dr. Mann Mm -hmm. is another kind of point in this, in that he sacrifices everything to save himself. Yeah. Like completely like, but that begs the question, why did he go on the mission in the first place? Oh, but it, he did say he didn't really even consider he failure didn't, as like an option. He, yeah. I think it was like this almost like self-glory like heroic, type thing. Yeah. like, yeah. He was going to be the champion. And when yeah. he realized he wasn't, yeah. like, it was like, oh, like, if this world isn't about me, then it's not about anything. Yeah. Ayn so Rand. I think, yeah. It's not totally. I will that will die. Sure. It's the world that will end. Right. And Fucking I, true. And those people <laughs> exist, right? But I, think, I exist. Yeah. <laughs> I think those... <laughs> Those three points are what is most interesting to me in this movie, watching it again the second yeah. time, of, and in this viewpoint, and I would love to delve into each of those characters. Um, Professor Brand's self-sacrifice morally. I think mm-hmm. I think he believes he's create he's committing yeah. a sin and it, by lying to everybody. It really weighed heavy on him. Yeah, and yeah. At the, yeah, and you see it when he dies, and I think that's why he confesses to Murphy yeah. is that he like, I think he took it on. I think he accepted it. I think so when I talked to Clementine about it, you know, and I'm I'm more of like existentialist kind of frame of mind where it's like there is no right answer to this question, Mm. whether or not we should save humanity or curse humanity or save the ones we love or save ourselves. Right. These are just the the kind of the options out there. And whatever you choose, you have to choose it wholeheartedly. Mm -hmm. And each of these characters chooses that wholeheartedly they yeah. they have wrestled with the question they know the answer and they will fight to where does Anne Hathaway lie in that uh, you know that's an interesting question um, watching it this time I definitely thought that her and Matthew McConaughey were very much on the same yeah. level yeah because as much as they disagree in in the movie they're they, both kind of letting their hearts lead the way yeah and yeah. they all they, they they like have an understanding it mm-hmm. seems um, and the whole speech that she gives about love and the whole understanding he which has he in comes the end. to grips with yeah, later on in the end, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah and i think he really is convinced of that in the end and i think they are um kind of on the same ilk and, I, and I think if, if you know in terms of the movie that is what i would say if he was putting forward any sort of like this is what i endorse or this is the philosophical and again i don't think all people who write and create things like that always consciously do that sort of thing they mm-hmm. just create a story that you know, puts a certain um, idea and worldview forward. I think that those two characters are kind of the epitome or like the, if you were going to choose a path, like this is the path to choose. Yeah. And this is the world. It's because the world is built this way, mm-hmm. you know, and this is what the true, you know, love is a very important part of the world that we don't have science to understand, yeah. but is very important nonetheless. Um, but yeah, all those characters, 
they choose their path without like they thought about it and they choose it uh, without regret yeah you know as much as it pains so, them except my demon maybe i don't know in the end he's like i think his whole when he like leaves cooper for dead yeah he's like he's like so much like i i feel your pain yeah. like your survival instinct is alive yeah. and kicking and so is mine like yeah. i'm yeah. i'm yeah. i am doing the exact same thing you're doing yeah. i'm just doing it I'm like i'm hoping i win because yeah because yeah because our survival instincts are pitting us against each other but do you think like, matthew mcconaughey's character would have been because matt damon's is like i need to survive for my sake and i think mcconaughey mm -hmm. is more like i need to survive more for my children's yeah, sake. yeah totally you know? so there's different motivations behind totally those. completely yeah 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 but there's yeah they talk about and and you would say that you know professor brand michael kane's character is he wants to he, he's fighting for the human race's survival yeah his survival instinct extends to the entire human race yeah. and but he also sent his daughter his sure child and, and on sure the a, on the safer plan i'm sure well, that's not, a part of it but he doesn't go yeah. along right yeah yeah and, and an not only fart. that but he lies to everybody and no doubt he goes down in history as someone yeah. who you know yeah you know potentially lie i mean maybe he believed there would be no history because nobody lives but <laughs> i think he I, his character yeah. seems genuine enough yeah. to have grappled with the decision and taken the weight of that decision yeah. on his shoulders in a way that would never happen in real life that's there the would, years there would be committees and committees and committees of people talking about the issue but like it's from yeah. years of looking out for bruce wayne <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah who just... who else made weighed held the weight of the shoulder of the world on their shoulders more than bruce wayne and he learned his ways <laughs> to save humanity <laughs> yeah yeah but ultimate I mean, sacrifice uh, yeah. to, to me that was the most interesting thing about the movie and in terms of um you know what i like to talk about on on the never seen it stuff is just like philosophically and in terms yeah. of a worldview what is this movie offering and i think that that's a very deep like look and like you know well also I, yeah i think this movie especially at the time because it's a pretty unique movie it's like very awe-inspiring very beautiful mm -hmm. very scientifically accurate um i think it got a lot of people stoked about science mm -hmm. that weren't were more so like on the fence not necessarily super stoked all the time about it and especially like Oops, sorry. The cosmos, like, and it's it blows my mind that more people aren't interested in it because it's the most amazing and wondrous and trippy shit of right. all of existence. Sure, um, but I think it really did its job when it was initially released, which has got people kind of amped and interested. Well, I think, in part of it, must be the fact that it it also pays homage to just the hard everyday life people struggle. Yeah. Like, cause the, the, you know, the characters like him in the beginning having to like basically beat his head against the wall, being a farmer and yeah. having his son be a farmer who like, and his son just takes on that identity yeah. full force. Like that's the hardship in life that like people experience that stops them from yeah. like experiencing the awe. Like the real question of, of, of life in a way is it's not that there are the right wrong decisions right mm -hmm. it's whatever decision you make you have to make it wholeheartedly yeah right but also you will never know what kind of person you are until you put in those positions like sure. and that's why yes. i really but those, I, those I, decisions make you who you are yeah 
Yeah. And that's, well, those are the questions. But that's why I do empathize with Matt Damon's character because totally. I can't say oh that gosh. I wouldn't do the same thing. Totally. And, you know? and like, when, yeah, when we were talking about it earlier, when we were watching it, um, I think each of those characters are looking at this abyss, right? Yeah. And that's kind of that existential A, a literal abyss. I mean, for, yeah. yeah, for him, but literally yeah, it was an yeah, abyss, yeah. right? Or the black hole, you can see that as an abyss. But yeah. like they, they're looking at the, this like they're, the extreme mortality of humans and themselves. It was interstellar when he said, I, I just don't get it, man. Like it's three inches of whatever and then it's nothing yes. forever, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know? That, yeah, that actually, actually, that was a really good. That was a really good yeah. scene. A very small scene when him and Ro- Romilly. Yeah, Romilly, it? which is such a cool name. <laughs> um, but yeah, and he gives him the to yeah. cool down the headphones. Yeah, to, you know, yeah, he's walking through the space station and he's got the headphones in, and I assume yeah. he's I, you know, when I first watched it, I assume he's like listening to music or yeah. something and whatever. Um, and he comes up on Romilly and he's like, I can never get over this. Like, yeah, yeah this three inches of aluminum and then yeah. nothing out there. Forever. For, yeah, yeah forever. For mile, millions of miles. And then Cooper's character, yeah. Cooper, Cooper says, uh, they're the best yachtsmen in the world. Some of the best yachtsmen yeah. in the world don't, don't know, know how, how to, how to swim. swim. Yeah. And it's, to them, it's a similar experience of yeah. like, they're... On an adventure. So, yeah, I mean, but they're in their ship yeah. And beyond that ship, if they fell off the boat or the boat capsized, they yeah. would die, essentially, yeah. right? And for them, it's the fact that, it, as I says, we are explorers. And yeah. this whole thing throughout the whole movie is that, like, the human race is more than just, um, you know, this simple life of surviving and mm-hmm. scraping by and, and, like, doing what needs to be done. Yeah. Humans are always pushing the boundaries. And that's yeah. his whole qualms with the fact that he is part of this caretaker generation mm-hmm. that's just trying to, like, rebuild society. That's a great point. And one he thing wants to push it. Bill Nye, to beloved Bill Nye, always says, he's like, why do we do science? Why do we venture out into space? He's like, well, knowledge, but equally important adventure it's Mm -hmm. an adventure and to me and i don't get how everybody doesn't feel this way space venturing into space i can't even imagine a greater adventure than that that. the final frontier that's the pinnacle of human experience to me seeing what else is out there but that at one point in time was unfathomable yeah like it was, it was, you know, the West or, you know, across the ocean. Like yeah. that was at one point the frontier. Yeah. And like, we are a species of frontiersmen. This a, goes, this way. goes back to Star Trek. The The intro to Next Generation is space, the final, the final frontier. frontier. Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. totally. Uh, and, and um, just to bring another reference in, uh, you know, in the Matrix, when mm-hmm. Smith talks about how humans are a virus on the planet. Yeah. And it's easy to look at humans and it's a very good point to make that like in some ways we really push the envelope too far and yeah. and like do too much. And that's part of the reason that this world in Interstellar is probably overpopulated yeah. and that there's the crop collapse and all the things that are going on. Um, but I think our the aberration in our mind, whatever pushes us further is exactly what pushes Matthew McConaughey to want to, yeah. you know, be that explorer. Type. Yeah. And I mean, thinking about it now, there is this kind of dissonance in his character when at the start of the movie, he's all about like not wanting to do more, right? Mm-hmm. Than yeah. just his simple life. And I think that's what, why in some ways he accepts the mission to yeah. go out into space. But yeah. then he kind of quickly goes Steps back, back and is like, <laughs> yeah. whoa, well, actually I don't want to do this <laughs> if it means giving up my yeah. family and yeah. being with my daughter. And, and you know, stuff. okay, this is, I don't know if this necessarily relates 
I had a topic that I really wanted to bring up with you, but I, I never found the right moment. I, I was thinking about this the other day. I live a pretty poor life. My family's always been poor, right? Um, and I was sitting in my dad's house and it's not, it's kind of a ghetto area. The house itself is kind of ghetto. Dad, don't watch this. <laughs> um, and I was sitting there and I was like kind of sulking a little bit. I was like, God, I'd like, is life ever gonna get better? And I was thinking, I'm going to El Salvador in a couple months. And when I go there, it's way more poor. They have just the bare essentials and the means of accessing things like water and food and working hard labor in the fields. Like Mm -hmm. my my family literally worked on and owns a coffee plantation that they worked on their whole lives while they were there. Yeah, Um, they still own it. Um, And when I go down there, I'm not steeped in wow, this place is gross. This place is poor and ghetto. It's like, this is beautiful. This is culture. This is my family history. And it makes me think it's all relative. I feel down on myself because of my current living situation. And I feel poor relative to some other people around here who are living in nice houses, new clothes, nice cars. But when Mm -hmm. I go over there, I don't feel that. And is it almost like a hierarchy thing. It's like, you know where you are in a current hierarchy and that makes you feel bad and you want to progress more to get out of that current stage. I mean, my reaction to what you're saying is that what you experience when you go there, mm-hmm. as opposed to what you experience living here, is that there's- I know I'm going to come back. That's one thing. There's Well, I mean, there's something in terms of the the lot in life and what you have to go through and maybe it's your hierarchy. Something about- what you experience here in the US in terms of the class that you were born into and are a part of right now, Mm -hmm. there's something that's missing even at that low level that you get to experience regardless of the hierarchy that you experience in El Salvador. And maybe you don't experience the hierarchy there, but Mm -hmm. there's something that you get out of that experience there that you don't get out of here. And I'm, and which it's is, probably, I, I would say maybe it doesn't have anything to do with class. Uh-huh. And there's just something, there's a, there's a poverty of experience yeah. being part of the lower working class here in the U S yeah. which I, I, I definitely feel that as well. And I think it's, it's, there's a lack of real living that happens in El Salvador for no, or a lack, I, a lack of here and a real living over there. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. And I think it's the, like, and it feels more. Real, in tune like, with humanity yes, over like there. Yes, the real like, yes. experience of being a human on earth. Yes. Like being very connected to what to you're nature, doing. To nature, yes. to your yeah. harvesting the world yeah. around you. And But if you were to flip that from their mm-hmm. perspective, they just want to get over here. Sure. Because that means toilets, showers, heaters in the winter. Right, uh, comfort. Comfort, yeah. yeah. The, the basic comforts that we take for granted here. Mm-hmm. And... But it, it is really, we want what each other has. It's like right. they want the basic comforts and we want something to put us more in touch with our na- human nature. Right. And I think, yeah, and I think it's each, each, each group has a lack they're yeah. trying to yeah. fulfill. Yeah. And I don't think it means that one is inherently better, one inherently worse. I yeah. think it just means that neither of you are living a full experience. Yeah. And if I and had this, I don't know who is living a full experience, but... Uh, that's yeah. one thing I, I think about, and uh, we're getting off topic of a stellar, but I think about in terms of my future. If this was it, the current life that I've experienced since forever up until this point, it's not 
fulfilling. It's mm-hmm. not, I mean, it is in certain aspects, but I do sometimes wonder what would it be like? That's why I, I long for like a farm life. Like sure. that sounds so, it feels tangible, like real. This right. whole working a nine Construct, to five, yeah, yeah it's artificial. Yeah. And I know you, your whole view on all of it's artificial. Like it's all, I mean, that would not say. artificial, but it's none of it's, none of our society is natural. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's natural in the respect that it's a natural it's evolution. It's human nature and yeah, anything. But, but unnatural yeah. in, in the respect that, yeah, that we created all of it. Yeah. I, it, it does feel like we're wasting a lot of time doing but, this rat race. But what's the goal? Yeah, I don't know. But I do, f- don't, I don't feel grounded sure. in our society. Right. It doesn't yes. feel grounded at all. Yeah, and I think the, the big sin of our society is that and the real, honestly, a, a big trouble of being American is that we don't have a really cohesive sense of who we are as a nation. We yeah. have no identity yeah. that like grounds us beyond the like weird political like yeah. mythology of you know the founding of the country yeah. and stuff. But a lot of other I think societies and cultures have this tie to like what makes them a people and what makes mm-hmm. them yeah. you know who they are and like yeah that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's um I don't know how that was tied in and I don't know why I brought that up. There was something you said that triggered that thought in my mind. I think just the I mean I was talking about um maybe Matthew McConaughey feeling like he needs to oh, go out and do yeah. something or, and then more. eventually but backtrack then, then, like, and, he needs to, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think maybe that duality is present in him where he it, he feels one lack in terms mm-hmm. of like human existence has been impoverished by the need to do to do a certain yeah. sort of the lifestyle caretaker. and then yeah. but then doing that making the choice consciously making the choice that like I, I need to go out there and do something mm-hmm. and maybe lying to himself a little bit and that it's the betterment for yeah. humanity. Yeah. And I think that's where he doesn't agree with. I Professor do think Brand's he was, goal, I know? think his daughter could kind of see that. It's like you say you're doing this for right. the right reasons, but really, well, well, he also does openly say I need to exist right now. I can't be right. your ghost right now. Yes. You sure. know, and yeah. that, that was, he was being very, yeah, straightforward. Well, and he has it. the conversation with uh, Donald, the grandfather. I think his name is Donald. Yeah, um, John Lithgow's character, um, and Trinity he, Killer. He, he yes, the Trinity Killer. <laughs> he warns him: the right thing done for the wrong reason is still like the wrong, the wrong thing to yeah, do. Yeah. Um, and then later, like so, and I think he's saying, you know, because Matthew McConaughey at that point, Cooper is saying, I'm doing this for my kids. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this to save the world. Yeah. And his step his father-in-law or whatever is is saying you can you can say that because it's true but it seems you're like your motivation is that you just want to be out there and like on the frontier again and then later he realizes that like he's kind of doing everything he is kind of doing everything for his family and maybe in that way all along it was true eventually did become true yeah 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 and because then he argues later with amelia um and hathaway's character that like when they're on the water world, she uh-huh. goes to get the data for whatever yeah. fucking reason. Again, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it seems a very pointless yeah. gesture for her. But um, she's saying, I, he, well, actually he says to her mm-hmm. that like, I'm keeping my mind on the mission. And yeah. she says, no, you're thinking about getting back to your family. Yeah. I'm keeping my mind on the mission. Yeah. And I think they kind of circle around each other in this way of like, in some ways they both believe in the mission, but also in other ways believe about, believe in, 
caring about who they care about. Yeah, because she and, wants to get back to right. her loved one right. on another and, planet. And that is, and just and, to bring contact back into this, I thought yeah. a lot about that speech when we talked about contact. Um, mm-hmm. Because in contact, um, Matthew McConaughey's character, <laughs> <laughs> the priest guy, um, it falls in love with Jodie Foster's character, yeah. right? And he he thwarts her efforts to be be such to go to the machine, a, right? Such a dick. Sure. I mean, well, except he says that he's he's doing it because he actually represents humanity and yeah. thinks that. I think that was also true. I think yeah. you know, and I think yeah. again, like both of those things were true yeah. to a certain respect. Well, actually, he admits later. He says, mm-hmm. "I didn't really do it because." you know humanity for humanity yeah. i did it because i didn't want you to leave and that's a selfish dick and and that's but you're gonna stop but, me from the greatest but fucking what, adventure but what humans. happened yeah. what happened it he, worked out he's no but he stopped her from going mm-hmm. initially oh, on the mission and she would have died blew up yeah and the yeah. pod blew up right yeah, yeah. And, and in a way it was his caring for her and his love for her that ultimately helped her yeah get to the point because if he hadn't stopped her out of his love for her yeah she wouldn't have been able to survive to yeah. actually do yeah. what she really wanted to do. Yeah. And so that made me think of like, there, there is a motivation out of maybe like human connection, human bonding, mm-hmm. love that in some way drives, um, you know, like the real meaning of life in a more poetic way you know i think and i think that's what it is and like you see it in both these movies well you see it in contact in a very poetic way because the story ends up kind of being able to to be more fulfilling the Mm -hmm. way it it rolls out but they say it very explicitly in in interstellar Um, Anna hathaway gives that whole speech about how she wants to go visit the planet that Edmonds yeah. is on because she cares for him. Yeah. And, and does that make her wrong? And yeah, yeah. and she, and, and she admits and it. She's, I, she's like, yeah. I have like, as a scientist, I'm saying that love is something out there that's yeah. drawing me toward this thing and it's influencing my decision, yeah. but I still feel like it's the right decision yeah. because I'm making it out of love. Yeah. And Matthew McConaughey. I just love his response, which is like, honestly, it, you, it you might, could be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. it might be. It could make you wrong. Right. Yeah. And it could. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I think, again, it's about making those decisions and making them consciously because she doesn't make it like she doesn't pretend that mm-hmm. she's like, yeah. you know, she's really being rational or anything yeah. like that. She's saying, I think this is like this is the right choice. Yeah. And my motivations are out of love. But I think that love is a factor yeah. and it's something that connects us. And he, he finds he comes in around. internally. He finds that yeah. to be true. And it's really too. interesting in the end when he comes around because he he says that like these higher dimensional beings that are mm-hmm. sending us messages, influencing all these things and orchestrating these events, they're able to experience the world unbounded mm-hmm. by time and whatever other dimension they're a part of. And they can experience it unbounded, but they have but they nothing to guide them. Yeah, yeah, There's no guide to like, they can't send a message to her directly, to Murph, yeah. his daughter directly, because they have no ability to like find the right moment yeah. to do it. Yeah. And his place, you know, he's just a messenger in a way. Yeah. Like again, he says he's not chosen, yeah. even though he feels like he initially was chosen. Yeah. He's not chosen. She was chosen and he's a method to to communicate with that, her. Yeah. Yeah. To tell her in the right way because his love for her can guide her is what is, in a way that she can receive yeah. the message. And yeah. the people who are unbounded by time and by 
human experience don't have that foothold mm-hmm. in that reality. And yeah. I think, it, 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 honestly, like it was, it's a very beautiful way of looking at the world and incorporating love into these people who are very scientifically minded clearly. Um, and it's just, I think it's really well done. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's the only things, two things that could travel through space and time, gravity and love. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, she says, I mean, I don't agree with her, but she's, she does say love is the one thing that we can experience that transcends space and time. Which I thought when I heard that, I was like, you're an idiot. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't, very, yeah. It's very cheesy, yeah. but I think to the, make the point they make, I think it, yeah. it, it, it works. You know. Did you guys ever get a chance to listen to the, uh, probably not, but the Carl Sagan, Andrean uh, Oh, thing? no. That's yeah. so fucking beautiful. But I bet that influence, I, I, he clearly is somebody who yeah. he experienced love very deeply, right? Yeah, and it, it just blows my mind. We, we had this small discussion about how, like, when I was a kid, I used to think about, like, Leonardo DiCaprio. Specifically, I would think about Leonardo DiCaprio. I was like, he's a real person. He's somewhere on this planet, and this very second, he's doing something, whether it's eating his lunch. He's or still doing something. He's doing something right now as we speak, yeah. whatever it is, sleeping, banging some 23-year-old, because that's what he's into. Is he, he not married? No. Oh, I don't know. His, I don't know his oldest girlfriend in the, like, the last 15 years was like 26 or something, 27. Wow. Yeah. Like, he's in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I digress. <laughs> uh, I used to think about celebrities, and initially it was Leo, how they're they're real people doing things on this planet this very second, and then move that forward to alien species on mm-hmm. other planets. They're out there somewhere. I'm, we, I'd I'd like to assume. I think it's safe to assume. I think yeah. it's pretty fucking safe to assume. Yeah. They're out there doing something right now, and they're probably if I know we can't judge anything about them their physicality their if they have minds or something but i i think if they're if they have influence on the world around them they can move in some they have something analogous to a mind and sure. a body that is in connection to each other yeah. and they can move throughout the world right they are probably asking the same question if they're if they haven't already advanced enough what else is out there they're probably thinking about us not us specifically, but the idea of us mm-hmm. right now in the same exact way. And the reason I, was, I brought that up because I, I think of, it's just cool that Carl Sagan and Andrew Ian put their love on a record. For, I'm gonna explain a little bit for the audience. Andrew Ian and Carl Sagan fell in love. Like mm-hmm. just, they just Had fell, they yeah. fell hard Regardless all of a sudden. Yeah, whatever brought them together, they were friends and colleagues, and they worked on the on um, Voyager Voyager together. Yeah, and then they just realized they were madly in love together with each other, and so they took Anne to the hospital and recorded all of her vitals, her heartbeats, her her brain waves, all of that, and they decided eventually to put those recordings on Voyager, and right now, as we speak, Voyager's out there somewhere. And their love, their recorded love of single-celled organisms, four billions of years of evolution, turns into these people. These people develop rocket travel and space travel. They record a very human thing, which is the concept of love. Mm -hmm. They put it on record on, on a gold disc that will last a billion years as long as nothing destroys it. And it's out there right now. Right. For something to find well, or not find. I ever. mean, I, I think the claim that Interstellar makes, and I think many people would make, um, is that 
love is something that isn't just human. Yeah. Like it's yeah. something that's more fundamental, you know, and, and we talk about how, so, you know, when you talk scientifically, um, you still ascribe human experience to physical objects. Yeah. When they say two atoms or two electrons or two particles are mm-hmm. attracted to each other. Yeah. I mean, just think about that statement. Yeah. Two things are attracted to each other. That's something Drawn. we experience. Yeah. yeah. You know, we don't know what it really means for two things to be attracted, except in the fact that we are attracted yeah. to things. Yeah. You know, and it's, you know, so there's that, the fact that we can call it a human thing, but it's just because we think in human in terms. human terms. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that's, see, you think very deeply into these things mm-hmm. and I, my brain works like in a broken way. <laughs> so I don't necessarily <laughs> okay. think along the same way, but I always think of these weird little things. And we had this discussion while watching it. They go on that planet where the ultra time dilation, right? And all that ship wreckage is there in the ocean, in the water. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to, that's not the planet for them. So they have to leave, right? Right. And it probably never will be the planet for them. Sure. Ever. Yeah. But that planet, because of their visit there, will forever, until it degrades or washes, whatever, has one little piece of evidence that we even existed. Sure. So even, av- even if, let's say, their mission failed and humanity went extinct, that little reminder of humanity is on this weird distant planet on the other side of the galaxy because they went through the wormhole i think they've said it might even be a different galaxy but yeah yeah and again single cell organisms to fucking monkeys to fucking people rocket travel effect and it's fiction so it's not real obviously but the idea of that that something out there is a little piece of this weird it's the whole Carl Sagan. I think it was him that said it. It's the, uh, we are the universe knowing itself, seeing itself. Learning. Or, yeah. Yeah. About uh, itself. Yeah. yeah. And that's, um, that's just so weird. Yeah. It's I a mean, very weird thought. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that kind of goes back to like in, in a way, what would connect us to other beings? Like what would that longing be? to wonder if something else is out there. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think it's this connectedness of like, there's something like us. So there's something that we belong to like in, in contact. Right. It's like the, the alien says to her, like we do this in in all of this, in all of this world of chaos and, and hardships or whatever. Um, the one thing that gives us solace is knowing there's a community of other beings out there and people, or in species or whatever aliens that are like us and yeah. like we can come together, right? Mm-hmm. That we don't feel as alone, right? Yeah. I think that that feeling alone and that feeling that lack is something that we can feasibly imagine that another alien species might experience, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. I mean, okay. I, I think a good way to, to, to kind of wrap things up yeah. um, is just this idea, which is very real now of, space exploration and we talked about in 2001 and in in contact how there's this human idea that somehow our future is among the stars Mm -hmm. and in those two movies it was very much in an exploration positive evolution sort of way this one was out of necessity this one is out of necessity for us well what are your thoughts i think it would be such a shame if something like an asteroid just blipped us out of existence and even if quality of life wasn't what it is here on mars it would still be worth it to save humanity and 
I think there's the out of necessity having the backup plan, but I also think it is the greatest adventure to go to another planet. Like, again, I, I always harp on this because I think it's incredible that in our lifetime, space travel is a new, brand new thing, like 50 years, mm -hmm. 50 years new. Right. And that's 50 years after 4 billion years of evolution. No creature has ever left this planet until 50 years ago. Yes. Because I, I, it's, it's a give or take five years, yeah. you know? Sure, yeah. Um, that's just fucking incredible. And the, the idea that we could go to another planet, like, that's just, um, that's amazing. That, again, that is the pinnacle of human experience in my... Uh, but also, you don't think we'll advance to a, a point where space travel, at least to and from Mars, is so convenient and affordable that eventually it's it's like it's like plane travel here or mm -hmm. now at, at the beginning it was just for the elite sure and i think again even like the colonists that come to that came to north america mm -hmm. right and like we don't have to worry about funded by kings far, and queens as, yeah as far in, like we don't have to worry about indigenous populations and stuff but um even like the poor folks who moved here did so out of desperation yeah the, i think the desperation is just moved right mm -hmm. and like do those people have power when when they go yeah. if they go yeah you know i don't know yeah i don't know it's a but i, I don't even necessarily know that it will be strictly for the rich people elon has publicly strictly for the no, i mean people. even at first maybe at the very very beginning right. but elon has said stated that his goal is to make even in his lifetime, I think he said, the cost of going to Mars indefinitely, 250 grand, which is not outrageous. It's not outrageous. It's, it's, it's a lot. But look what you're getting. You get to live on a fucking different yeah, planet. Yeah, but again. And you can come back whenever you want. Making a house affordable so people can buy a house for $250,000 doesn't yeah. mean that everybody... I don't know. Buys that house for two hundred fifty dollars. I don't know. Yeah, like most people are still renting and living in yeah. shacks and whatnot but in, in the world. If I, that's just a house. I, I would do Earth. it in a heartbeat. <laughs> I, I would know. do it in a heartbeat. I'm not saying I wouldn't do it. Yeah. I'm just. I'm again. I'm saying like, it, it's 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 the debate between Neil deGrasse Tyson and Elon Musk of mm -hmm. like, where do we put our resources as a human yeah. race? And there are the people who are trying seemingly to flee and start over without any sort of like should we be doing this and what, i don't think he's what does it mean fleeing and starting i think he's straight up we need a backup plan we need a backup the human plan. race is too important to be kicked out of existence by a fucking asteroid sure we need to have a separate backup I, plan. I, and i don't yeah. disagree with that motive again yeah. i think the implication and the aftermath of that would be that if it ever came to the point where an asteroid was heading toward earth mm -hmm. there would be a very specific set of people that would be left here and a specific uh, set yeah. of people that would yeah. not be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I mean, true. of course, there would be, you know, people who were able to get the money and, yeah. you know, scrounge together or get smuggled or but whatever. But I feel like that's probably just a sad fact of life. That's kind of how yeah, it is in sure. every aspect right. of life. And I know? guess the question is, are we just making our society with all its problems somewhere else? Well, 
I mean, those people are better than us. They deserve to survive. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I mean, I think if you know, you zoom out to the level yeah. of interstellar where you're making those decisions about the human race as a whole, and like you can't. It's hard to argue, right? That like that's not the right decision. Yeah. You know, and um, there's the people who will do anything to save themselves, and people who yeah. save those who love them, and people who yeah. Just fight the, for the, the Matt good Damon's characters. and the Matthew McConaughey's. Yeah, yeah, sure. And I and I think when when Michael Caine's character Professor Brand makes his decision, he he is not thinking at all about the the like well like the best interest of the people. He's thinking so broad that he can't even bother yeah. himself to think about the yeah. fairness of it. Right? Yeah. It doesn't matter how unfair it is. It's this greater good that transcends. But I don't necessarily disagree with him. I, no, and I don't yeah, think, again, yeah. it's like, it's not that any one decision is right. Yeah. It's that if you make the decision, you have, you have to, to take on yeah. all the baggage yeah. that comes with yeah. it. You have to be ready to sacrifice the earth. You have to be ready to kill someone else yeah. or anybody else for that. And for Matthew McConaughey, it's, he, what's, when he actually convinces them to go to Dr. Mann's planet mm -hmm. and Hathaway's character says to him, you know, you're oh, yeah. being objective, yeah. right? And you're going to put yourself in, you might put yourself in a position where you have to decide between yeah. saving humanity and or let's going see home. how you deal with yeah. that. And let's see yeah. what you decide. Yeah. And yeah, I think that was, that was a serve. That was yeah. a good retort. Yeah. No. And, yeah. and it was just honest. And I think yeah. they're very honest with each other. And I think there's a respect yeah. between them and they're all cards on the table. There's and that's no why now they're in love and he's going to go find <laughs> I don't know. Pretty yeah, much. I, I, I mean, it kind of seemed like it, right? It was like but, trauma bonding. Yeah. yeah. Sure. You know? I mean, you said that he bonded with the robot, right? Oh, yeah. 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 It was like, I, I said it was like a war vet, yeah. like a, an old war buddy. Like, yeah. Yeah. Kind of had that vibe. Um, one thing, it's kind of yeah. not yeah. directly related to Interstellar, but I always think that it's the coolest thing that the natural mode of existence isn't what we experience in terms of gravity. On, on this planet, we really feel the effects of gravity because we're right. in a gravity well. well and we're, we, were, we're we evolved gra under gravity. Yeah. yeah. But everything else out there is floating. Right. And that's, and that's why I want to go to space <laughs> so fucking bad. Get back to I your want, roots. <laughs> I want to fucking float weightlessness. That seems like a dream. I honestly could live out the rest of my days, even starting now on a spaceship on a on a flying structure like the one they had hmm. where you could go in the center and you're weightless and then yeah. go out dip out to the spinning, spinning drum yeah um that'd be a I trip th i think that's the most beautiful i thing would ever. also enjoy it yeah yeah i think it's it's dreamy it is the stuff of dreams it, and again no a handful if you count all the human beings that have ever existed mm -hmm. Like point zero 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 one percent have sure. ever experienced that. Sure. That's, and I think that's the closest to heaven I think I could ever. Yeah. As much of an adventure as I think that would be, and as much as I would love to do it, I think there's still a lot here to live for. Yeah, not really. I'm no, just kidding. Anyway, anyway, uh, yeah. Um, we got yeah. deep into it. It was kind of all over the place at times. We'll see where yeah. where it ends up. Yeah. Thanks for all right. Thanks for chatting. Good time. Yeah. Thanks, Alex. Next time. Do do do. That's a fucking theme song. Oh, absolutely.
I'm talking about Interstellar Matthew McConaughey <laughs> Splice. <laughs> Splice. <laughs>